At Kroger, shopping with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, deals, and rewards on the same high-quality items. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Valentine's Day is almost here, and we can help with everything from a romantic dinner to floral bouquets, chocolate-dipped strawberries, and so much more. Happy Valentine's Day. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Bringing it to him all day. All day. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Now, here come the boys from Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt, how you doing? We're doing this uh, 2.0. 2.0, yeah, uh, it happens. Even, even when you're a veteran in this game and doing this podcast game for years, sometimes uh, the recording doesn't come out. Yeah, episode uh, 370 was a whole lot of fun. It just uh, did not like the uh, recording. It was very tough and awkward to listen to. If uh, So we just had to scrap it and start over. But it's okay because it seems like there's a whole lot of news popped out for it being uh, only 24 hours since we talked. Yeah, yeah, as far as playoffs, as far as players being injured, as far as players testing positive for COVID, I mean, wherever you want to go with it. We got, I mean, this has been kind of an insane start to the baseball season, right? Totally. Yeah. And all, right. All in a season that's already going to be weird. Uh, so, of course, day one, hours before the first game, things get weird. And not to mention that opening day pitcher scratched as well today for injury. Yeah. It's just been a crazy day. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's gonna, but it kind of makes sense, right? Because it's been a, a crazy year so totally let the craziness continue yeah so yesterday we went through and kind of did some of our uh oriole season preview so we'll get to that as well today and uh i'm excited to go through that i've had some more thought i like this i had an extra day to think through my predictions so i can mix them up from yesterday because there's no record oh. of what i said yesterday Oh, yeah, because I was ready to shoot down every one of your predictions from, yeah. from last time right right i know so that's uh that we'll get to that, and I, I I know how you work. I know that you decided that you were gonna come up with a way to make me look stupid based on knowing what my answers are. So my answers may have changed. Oh, well, I look forward to that. Uh huh. So, all right. Um, but we got baseball. Nationals and Yankees are playing as we record, so it's it's just nice to have baseball back. 
Yeah. So uh, it is nice that baseball back, Josh. I'm, I'm watching this um, Yankees Nats game. Um, yep. First impressions of of watching a game without fans, a regular season game. Yeah. When... Uh, are 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 you okay with this? There's, I haven't seen any cardboard cutouts. I haven't. I guess they played some music. I don't know. Did they pump in noise for the Adam Eaton home run? I, I, I know they played some music as you ran on yeah. the bases. I know. What's your initial impression? Well, when Stanton hit his, hit his bomb in the first inning, it was uh, pretty boring. No celebration, no big celebration, just running around mm. the base. So I thought that was boring. When Eaton hit his home run, I enjoyed it because you heard Cole curse. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, mic, the mic okay. picked Cole up cursing. So that was fun. Yeah. I really like it. I, I don't find it boring at all. I, I'm, I'm just I'm enthralled by it. I think it's fascinating. Um, I really enjoy the crack of the bat, how you can hear the yes. ball crack off the bat. I think that's a great sound that you really don't get to hear that much when you're watching a game. I agree. I'm going to enjoy the crack of Chris Davis's bat throughout the year. Are you- um, so I, I think it's really cool. I, I love no fans. I'm into it. Are you surprised that the announcers are not in the stadium? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, listen, whenever the discussion turns to announcers, we touched on this a little bit um, at the podcast and no one ever heard. I, I just, I can't bring myself to care. You could put the podcasters on the freaking moon. I don't care. You, um, I, I don't care who's, I mean, I'm, I'm there to watch the game. I don't really care who's talking. I don't like A-Rod, doesn't matter. I'm there to watch the baseball game. And who cares if they're announcing from their living room, if they're now announcing from the, their parents' basement or after at the game? I don't care. But you care, Josh? I just think it's odd. I think it's weird to me what we choose to social distance and what we choose not to social distance. So here we've got a stadium that holds 30,000, 40,000 plus employees, plus teams, and we've decided that having two announcers in their homes is safer than having them like – doing play-by-play from the bleachers or something. Like, you know, there's, there's plenty of spots in this stadium that you could put them, and you're doing it from home. So I just find it, I just find the whole thing odd. But I kind of find a lot of things about the coronavirus and how we handle it as humans odd and as Americans odd. So, yeah, I, I agree. We, we pick and choose the social, where we care about social di- distancing. We kind of pick and choose our spots. Right, exactly. Um, and I... Is weird. I do think and I hope that now that baseball is back and I think it's I think the WNBA starts this weekend and the NBA is that next weekend. So like yep. sports are coming back. Golf is in yes. here somewhere. NASCAR came back Golf like last week doing, or something. Yeah, yeah. NASCAR's been back. Uh, Hockey's coming soon. I don't even know where right, it is. Right. But it's coming soon. And, uh, so football got rid of preseason, but nobody cared about preseason anyway. So um, I just hope that bringing all these sports back kind of helps bring our country back. I feel like things have been so weird and then also all this unrest in the nation that it's like we need something normal back. And for a lot of us, that's sports. And sports brings us together, all different types of people. So I'm hoping now, even with the Orioles and not going to win so many games, we can still come together as Oriole fans. And it gives us something to do on a Friday night or a Tuesday night, Wednesday night to watch something else rather than focusing on the virus or the or the social issues or the news sports is a wonderful distraction that bonds people together hey listen i don't know if our josh mine and your relationship can last if all we're talking about is politics all day i don't know if we 
can survive that. So we need sports as 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 both a break from politics, but also like here is something we have in common, which we never disagree on. Right. In that we bleed orange and we love the Orioles. Yeah. Uh, and and so we always have that in common. Um, and like we have that in common with even people on Twitter whose politics I don't agree with, and I get annoyed that they post so many poli- pol- pol- political things on my little sports Twitter. Yes. Um, and and so now we get more sports and less the politics. So I'm I'm a fan of that. I think, you know, um, many of my us. Relationship with my dad's the same way. Like we, I just can't handle all because right now it seems like politics consumes all our conversations and all our relationships. And now sports can, can right. find that place we, in there, which I appreciate. We as a as Americans have fallen down to the point where it's like whether or not you go shopping is a political decision. And yeah. what you wear when you go out the doors is a political decision. So unless suddenly it's going to be what baseball team you root for depends whether you support or are against Trump, I think we can all just focus on sports. Let's yeah. calm down a little bit. Life is uh, life is too short, too valuable to focus on all this energy on politics. Yeah, I want to go back to Rich Dubroff and his jer- uh, Jersey of the Night stuff. So we, yes. we look at what people are wearing based on how throwback they can go or how obscure they can go with, with their Larry Bigby uh, jerseys or whatever. Right, right. Um, and and, and uh, pointing out Hawaiian shirts in the, in the crowd, though we can't do any fans outfits attire now but i'm no. still gonna i'm gonna i'm putting on all my orioles gear for tomorrow's game i don't know i'm debating between caution wet floor um world series 2023 or my adley rushman jersey i'm debating which one to wear for tomorrow do you have an but, adley but rushman yeah. jersey yeah from from delmarva when i okay. went to when i saw him at the, Del, delmarva that's pretty cool yeah my plan was to get him a jersey from every stop that he's that, that he's going to make. <laughs> Your Adley tour. So I was planning on going to Frederick and, and getting a shirt from there too, but we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Because spoiler alert for what you're going to talk about later in the podcast, um, he might skip Frederick and Bowie and Norfolk altogether. Oh, the Michael Elias news. Breaking oh, yeah, news we'll this week that. by Michael Elias. Can't wait to talk about that. It was my yeah. highlight of the week. Yeah, we'll get to that. But but no, we have a good show today. We're going to talk uh, Orioles predictions, MBOs, records. Um, just just uh, who, uh, breakout players, some bold predictions. Yeah. I mean, uh, we got a fun show. Yeah, it's been it's one of those shows that what do we do this? Maybe maybe twice a year we have a nice fun bold prediction. It might even be just once a year. Is 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 our bold prediction show just 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 once a year? We I don't, don't even do, do one for the Ravens. We don't man. do one for the Ravens, right? Yeah, we haven't. We should, but we haven't. Yeah. So in fact, uh, yeah. So today is our time now for bold predictions. But it's not time yet. We'll get to it. But we do. We've got the one button we use for one time a year, and it's been awesome. Bold predictions has been something since this podcast started. And so you can go back and find seven years of bold predictions. Some of them good, some of them a little too bold, but it's always yeah. fun. All right. Um, anything else, I guess? The other, oh, you know what else came out today is that we missed by, if we would have recorded the show yesterday, we missed that the Orioles put out their 30-man roster. So, yes. So we got to see that, um, that Adley Rushman did not make the 30-man, that Ryan Mountcastle did not make the 30-man. Were you surprised? 
No, I, I said, um, if, you, if you listen to the podcast, I said weeks ago that there's zero chance Ryan Mattcastle uh, will, will make the, the open 30-man roster because of, of service time stuff and because he legitimately, legitimately needs to work on his defense. I mean, the couple surprises are our best pitcher. Uh, I guess it's not really surprising. I mean, there's been rumors, but our best pitcher, John Means, isn't on there. And our best bullpen guy, arguably, Hunter Harvey is on there because yes. they're both on the injured list. Yep. Yeah. So that was, uh, I mean, I guess there's no, I don't think there was any real takeaway from the 30 man. No big I mean, surprises, gosh, right? Well, well, a couple for you. I know you really liked Herrera, uh, how, how he played. That's true. That's true. Herrera not did not there. make the 30 man. And your pitcher, Eshelman, he didn't make the 30 man either. Um, I think we'll see both those guys at some point, Tom Eshelman and Herrera, at some point up here, but they did not crack the open at 30. Uh, 16 pitchers, five outfielders, seven infielders, and only two catchers. So it's the Severino and Cisco show. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but that's also like, come on, how many catchers do you need? Two is fine. Especially when you have more weight and back end buoy if you need, really need them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's true. Um, and the, the, the other thing about Ryan Mankhouse, I just want to say, I, for everyone says, or the, the, this is what's, what's going around, that it's, it's about seven days or seven games that a player needs to miss to get a whole other year um, out, of, out of that player. So Ryan Mancastle, it could be that he just week. misses a week and then they call him up. Okay. I'm done with that. Though Michael Elias might do some nonsense where he holds him down like two weeks just to prove to everybody that he wasn't just holding down him a week for the service time. All right. Well, all right. Let's talk about Michael Elias before we break this down. Because Michael Elias on Monday was uh, – Monday, Madison did the broadcast of the Nats-Orioles game. I believe it was Monday, right? Yes. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It was Sunday. Monday or Tuesday. I believe it was yeah, Monday, Monday night. Yeah. Monday night. Yeah, it was Monday. It was Monday. All yeah. right. And uh, Mike Bordick asked Mike Elias a very uh, stupid question. The type of question that you hear at like FanFest. Very fan uh, type question. Not a question that an intelligent fan would ask, but a uh, how would you classify fan the question. fan? A fanboy question. So Mike Bordick said. Sure. Is there any chance... Uh, as Bryce Harper would say, it's a clown question, bro. Uh, yes, yes. A clown question would work as well for this. So Mike Bordick said, is there, any, um, is there any chance that Adley Rushman gets caught up in September this year? So, yeah. clown question. And we, and we know the answer to this is no. Like, no. Like, there's no chance. People, there's no chance. The highest he's played is, is single A. There's no chance he's jumping from single A to the majors in a team that's rebuilding when we're not even trying to win. It's not about being major league ready. It's not even about going through all the minor levels. It's like we're not trying to win this year. Right. So, no. Like, Adley Rushman has zero chance of making this roster this year. Definitely. Okay. Well, like, Elias, what do you think? You know, there's a chance that we do call up Adley Rushman this September, especially... I think we can, I, can see a, I can see a position where we are calling him up this September if we are making a playoff push in September. Mm. Mm. So, you know, yeah, let's tell the fanboy exactly what he wants to hear, that this crappy team has a shot and has a chance to, to make it in a playoff push in September. And this, yeah, is, so, this was before the 16-team expansion, which we'll get to in a little bit as well. 
Yeah, so Mike Elias' response that, that you know, he might be caught up if we're in a playoff run is such a brilliant response on so many levels because it shows that Mike Elias is trying to win and he has playoffs in his mind even for this year. Like, forget about it. He's not saying rebuilding. Like, he's talking about playoffs this year. Yes. It's also a brilliant response because he's safe. You're not going to see Hadley Rushman because we're not making the playoffs. Right. So it's also like a safe response that – like he's not going to have to eat his words late, later, but if he does have to eat his words, like all of a sudden if we're in the playoff run, then this is the most beautiful problem Michael Elias has ever had in his life. <laughs> right, that, right. That we're like three years ahead of schedule. Um, and so it's just a great response. It, it's, it's the response as a fan that I want to hear because I want to hear him talk about playoffs and I want to hear if, if we're in a playoff hunt, like we're going all in. I, lo- I love that. Um, and then the other side of me is like, but we're not going to be in the playoff hunt. So they're going to take it slow with, with Adley Rushman. So it's just, I think it's the perfect response. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to take it slow with Adley Rushman. There's no way we're in a playoff hunt, even with the expanse of 16 teams. Yeah, maybe if they open it up to 28 teams, we <laughs> right. might be in the hunt. Yeah, yeah. Then we can compete with the Marlins and the Tigers for one yeah, of those bottom spots. Yeah, beat up the Royals, we're good. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's just a weird... Uh, Weird question. I was surprised to hear it, and uh, but the brilliant, brilliant answer. answer. Brilliant answer. Yeah. I can't wait. Michael has Michael Elias done a fan fest. He hasn't done a fan fest yet, has he? I guess he did one. Because I want to see more of these questions like this with Michael Elias to see how he answers. Yeah, them. I mean, this past, this past year, he well, there was nothing this past year. I guess. Well, you went to um, it this past year. It was like the uh, with the winter. The winter I went to the winter. Yeah, Winter Wonderland, and that was like he took questions, and I got my pictures. T- t- I got my picture t- taken with them, um, and so yeah, yeah. I guess right, so I guess he has. Like so long ago, but yeah, it was this past December, so it was the same type of deal. Okay, all right, that's cool. If Except I, like with only ten people there. Yeah, because Michael Elias answered that question so brilliantly that like if I ever have him on section three thirty six. Forget all the serious questions. I just want to ask fanboy questions and see how he handles it. Yeah. Any when chance? is D.L. Hall being called up? When is yeah. Grace Rodriguez being called up? How about yeah. Manny Machado? Do you think we could? We really like Manny Machado here in Baltimore. Could we bring Manny Machado? Could you see him coming back to Baltimore? Yeah. You know. Uh, but it also then made me concerned as I thought about it more yesterday. Then I'm like, wait a second. Michael Eyes just tells fans what they want to hear. He's been saying Chris Davis has worked with a hitting coach and is bounced back and better. Is this real? What's going on here? You know, like, but then I don't think I can. I think Michael Elias handled it so brilliantly that there was not a lie in his answer. So it's not. Yeah, a, it's not an answer where you can say, "Oh, he was just saying that to appease someone." It was a brilliant answer. And Dan Duquette was the worst at this because because Dan, Dan Duquette, from the moment you asked the question, even if it was like, "Are you having a good day?" like he would always try to talk around the question without answering the question at all. Even if it was like, <laughs> are the orange uniforms orange? He would laugh about it and then give some kind of comp- convoluted, exactly. complicated answer. I mean, that's... That was clearly trying to... Like, he didn't know when he could be honest and when he had to kind of obfuscate. Uh, he, like, he just would always, always be obtuse for the sake of being obtuse. No, this, this laugh... That and Elias is the opposite. This laugh that we have... <laughs> but, is in reference to a, someone asking him about Manny Machado coming up. Yeah. It's a Manny Machado question, and he responds by laughing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's totally different, and I love it. 
Yeah. So there were similar circumstances, speaking of Manny Machado, when the Orioles called Manny Machado up straight from Bowie with very low experience at Bowie and, and even less experience playing third base, right? Only played two, one or two games yeah. there. And they called him up because we needed him for a playoff push and it worked out really well. Um, and so let's hope that things happen with Adley Rushman. I thought that was going to be next year. I think that's going to be next year. Right. Where they'll call him up in August for the playoff push. To get ready for um, that 2023 World Series. That's right. Hey, I was looking at, I was thinking about this. This is my favorite thing about the um, Orioles roster this year. Right. This is a rebuilding team, right, who is trying to bring in young talent as we rebuild, right? And if you look at our starting pitchers, our ace, Tommy Malone, <laughs> is our open <laughs> day starter, starter, Tommy yeah. Malone. Yes. Uh, I guess ace is not the right word. No. Um, is 33 years old. Alex Cobb is 32 years old. Wade LeBlanc, 35 years old. Asher Wojciechowski, 31 years old. And then John Means, our, our, our rookie sensation from last year, is 27 years old. Right. Who says so, this is a young man's game? Yeah, so all our starting pitchers in this rebuilding team are over 30, and our youngest pitcher is, is it, well, there's only one under 30, and that's John Means at 27. The rest are well over 30. And right. so it's just funny to me. But then I was looking at, here's what I do, Josh, because you know where my mind goes with this. All right. Uh, we're trying to imitate kind of what the Houston Astros have done minus the, the Bengal trash. Right, minus the cheating. <laughs> exactly. They won their first World Series in 2017. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so if, if you look at kind of their, um, their, their pitching staff based on, you know, based on three years prior to that, 2014, um, it's, not, it's not a pretty picture. I mean, you, you had guys out there like Scott Feldman out there. Um, hold on, I just let me pull it up. Um, here, here's their, here's yeah. their kind of starting rotation. Dallas Keuchel, who I consider him like the John Means, kind of their ace. But after them, they had they had Scott Feldman, who was in his thirties. No, they were. Um, they, they had were, this guy called Brett Oberholzer. They were very um, much a defense and small ball type team versus the Nats, who just put some amazing pitching out there. Yeah, but but I'm saying even like three years ago. Uh, three years prior to them winning their first World Series, their their starting rotation is kind of a joke, right? Yeah, sure. Like it comes, it can come together quick, and none of these starters. Well, John Means, John Means, he's the only starter that will still be around when we make that push to the World Series in twenty twenty three. Like definitely, John Means is it. And so these other guys, like I don't know, like go out and do your thing um, to Asher Wojciechowski and. And Tom Malone and Wade LeBlanc, like, have fun out there, kids, and Oz Cobb, but they're not part of the future. No, no. Um, and that's why they're, they're, they're just whole, whole, they're whole holdovers until the young pitchers, the prospects get here. Yeah, and they know that. They understand that. That's why they are, that's why they're not um, opting out or anything this season, because they know they got to prove themselves to get a contract for next year, whether it's with the Orioles or someone else. So everyone understands yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you're right, Josh, in that everyone has to kind of prove it. Um, but I think there's a couple of players whose careers are on the line this year for this 60 game season. All right. Like 
there's a couple guys who I could see, I could project to them being part of the 2023 World Series championship, or I could also see them being done after this year and never making the Major League squad again. All right, so you're talking about um, Chris Davis. No, no, Josh, um, whenever, whenever I talk about any players, <laughs> it's, it's never, never Chris Davis because I don't right. care about Chris Davis. All right, then you are talking about Anthony Santander. Yeah, no, I see, he, he's, I mean, I think he's a, like, Oral fans are, are on him. Like, they think he's going to be good. I think Anthony Santander is going to be part of this team, even if he has a down year. I think he's the favorite coming into next year. The guy who I think is playing for his career this year is DJ Stewart. As far as outfielders, yeah, sure. Because that. He, there's, there's guys nipping at his heels. Yes. Using Diaz is right behind him. Um, we just drafted a, a right fielder. You're going to have Trey Mancini in the outfield back. Ryan Mancastle is trying to play outfield. And I feel so like it was cool. four, yeah. three, four, five years ago that we interviewed him in Bowie when he was fairly young and uh, a hot prospect coming up, and he's still not, he still hasn't made the impact yet. Yeah, I mean, here, here's a guy who was drafted out in the first round out of Florida State. Um, he, he's a guy that's always been kind of – I mean, and this going all the way back to 2012. Right, it's been, so he's been the system eight years now, um, and he was drafted out of college, so he's not even like a Miley guy. He's 26 years old now. Um, he's making he's making not his first appearance in the, in the majors. He, he played a little bit last year. Um, he's known for kind of that goofy play in the outfield where the ball bounced off his head. <laughs> That's not um, what you want to be named, known for. Yeah, so and he had a small sample size when he was drafted, uh, in a small was- sample. When he was drafted, yeah, he was known for this low, really low crouch at the plate. Now he's known for a ball bouncing off his head. He's got, yeah. he's got to make some uh, actual baseball moves and get some attention. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I mean, he's known for getting on base. And we didn't see it much last year. Um, but, but he's known for high, high OBP, um, kind of finding ways to take it on base. He's not going to hit for a ton of power. Um, so he, he needs to get on base a lot. And if you're playing a corner outfield position, that's kind of known for a power, a power bat, right? Yeah. You really need to be able, able to get on base. That helps. And I think, I think, um, I don't know. I expect, and maybe this is a bold prediction. I don't know, but I expect him to be, he to get more starts in left field, um, than anyone else this year. Um, and so this is his chance. Uh, um, he's not going to have another chance like this. Next year, more outfitters coming in. Trey Mancini is coming back, hopefully. Ryan Matkos will be there. So like, this is, DJ Stewart, your one time to show that you can be a high OBP, a competent outfielder, and enough to stick around, if not an everyday outfielder, at least like a fourth outfielder. Because if he doesn't get the job done in these 60 games, I don't think he's going to get a, a, another shot. Yeah, the problem is this is a 60-game season, so it's just a small sample side across the board. So if DJ Stewart really gets into a slump and one of these other guys starts hitting the ball really well, you're going to see him not get that much playing time. And he could, you could really blow this um, this year with just one, one or two slumps, and you could blow your chance to yeah. be part of this future. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 and another... It's interesting there. I say that though. I mean, we saw a guy who made a thirty man who I was a little surprised is Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, who went from a couple years ago, the Adam Jones's replacement, right, the heir apparent Adam Jones, to being demoted last year, Triple A, then all the way down to Double A, and struggling kind of at every level, and yet he he gets another chance this year. So really an interesting um, yeah. year for. Do you th- 
for, for Mullins, and I, you know, I wish him the best. Do you think that Mullins made the roster because he had his hot summer camp? You think it, it's all based on that for like whatever the past two, three weeks, he's been hitting the ball really good and, and he's got that range in the outfield that you can use him in center field? Yeah, yeah. I think it's for the defense. Austin Hayes is your everyday center fielder. Right. I know. But, but, but all of the speeds, like I think he can, I mean, I don't know how exactly, maybe you can explain this to me, how the extra innings work. As far as oh, I didn't even think about that. That's second a good base, idea. but Cedric Mullins adds speed, so he could be that guy you sub in to to, to yeah, start you second. Hit. Yeah, because I don't know who gets in. Is it is it like softball rules, like last out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is that. It's something like that the last <laughs> it's, out. It's so weird the that the previous <laughs> inning or something. Major League Baseball could not come up with a better way to decide than the way softball has done it for years for uh, old men softball. Well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think so. The, DJ Stewart, yeah, go ahead. Well, I think the other thing that helps Cedric Mullins is Stevie Wilkerson getting hurt because I think Stevie yep. Wilkerson would have had that spot because he's more he can play anywhere. He's that yeah, he can play guy. center. Yep. Yeah, we don't have anyone else. I don't think. I mean, maybe Velasquez, but who who can play center field um, outside of Austin Hayes? Um, the other guy who I think this year is huge for. And this is just like, I don't know, like maybe his time has passed and it's not a huge year from it all. Like maybe his time has just passed. Um, but I think it's a really, this is kind of like a last shot for Chancisco. I can see that. So you're saying Adley's, Adley's down there. Adley's getting prepared. Adley's clearly the future. So Chancisco, again, a prospect that's came up, has just kind of been a disappointment. Nothing flashy, nothing special. So we can always bring in a veteran that can sit behind and help out Adley Rushman. So what proved to us that you are valuable to this team in the future, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because he's not going to hang around just as, as um, Adley's backup because Chancisco sucks defensively, right? The reason he was supposed to, um, um, the reason he was one of our top prospects and the reason people thought he could be a good major league everyday player was because of his hit tool. Yet in the majors, he's played parts of three seasons, and he has a batting average in those three seasons combined of 203. 203, that's his batting average. Yeah, And, and so that's, that's it was 12 home runs. So that, that's just over, almost, over three seasons that add up to about one total season as far as games played. And that's not, that's not going to get done. Like, Chancisco, you, you, you're there because you can hit. So you, you have to hit. If you hit, you can find a spot, whether it's backup or whether we find a spot from his DH or second base. Like we can work with you, Chance, but you got to hit the ball, or even like I don't know, trade bait or something. But right now, nobody wants Chancisco, and this is kind of I think his last chance to say, "Hey, I can be an everyday major league player, whether for the Orioles or somebody else." Um, though this year is going to split time with with Pedro Severino again, but this is going to I think this might be his last chance to really get a, a lot of at bats. Sure, sure. Can you explain to me, as we go through the roster, why Tommy Eshelman did not make the squad? That he didn't make it even as a, a reliever? Is it because they don't want him in the bullpen and they're trying to work with him more to be in a starting rotation? Yeah, I mean, that's a good theory. Like, I don't know, you might want to hold some starters back. Because remember, um, he's, he's who they had come up and pitch, what was it, Sunday in place of John okay. Means? Saturday, right, Sunday, really well. Yeah, and he pitched well. Yeah. 
in Pittsburgh. So I was very surprised to see that he did not make the, the 30 man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he was on the 40 man. So it had been added to, 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 okay. to the 40 man. All right. Um, well, it just seems weird that they let him start one of those games in the past week, and then he's not a candidate for the 30-man. That seems weird. But yeah, he, and there's enough pitchers on there. Oh, there's, that there's half six, of them are pitchers. 16. Yeah, yeah or over half. So, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how – yeah, I don't know how you distinguish from the 15th pitcher to the 16th. Right, and pitcher. remember the 30-man roster then shrinks to 28 and then 26. It gets smaller as the season goes on. Yeah, and if there's any indication from what kind of the, these last two days, um, we've seen these last two days, is there's going to be a lot of injuries. I don't know if this is, it seems like there's a, a above average number of injuries. I don't know compared to other years. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how long they'll, they'll go with Cole Salser, right? right. Or, or, or Travis Lakins. I, oh, okay. I, I mean, I feel like so he could be, they're burn, so interchangeable. I don't know. Burn these guys out in the first week and then move on. Yeah, it could be. It could be that, right? Like, I mean, how long is Wade LeBlanc thirty-five? Yeah, you just don't know. Um, All right. I, I mean, and I don't know how flexible they're going to be. Like, are they going to have Wade, Wade LeBlanc throw sixty games and then set send him down and send someone else up so you have a fresh arm? Since you really don't need Wade LeBlanc all that much. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And the whole coronavirus thing too. Like, well, yeah. I was thinking about this. Juan Soto missed. I mean, if you get coronavirus, you're missing almost a third of the season. Right? No. No. Is that how that works? You miss fourteen days, so that's right. that's a one quarter of the season. Okay, fourteen days from when you test positive, or and then assuming that after fourteen days you test negative, so a quarter of the season still. I don't know. I mean, I think haven't we learned over the past three four months? Nobody knows how this virus works. How does Juan Soto get the virus? And not any other Nationals, and no Orioles, and, and not, no one else gets it but one guy. I mean, is he going out to nightclubs all by himself after these games? I don't understand how one guy can get it. Um, or are we going to see in the next few days other Nationals get it? Like, there was always the fear that this would run rampant through a locker room. But one guy, when everyone else is clean, sounds pretty good. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, if you want... It's true. Like the NBA, there's been no one. The ML- yes. MLB has been hardly anyone. It's been impressive. It's amazing what when you just kind of take precautions, how how you can kind of solve this thing. Yeah. But the other thing is, if you want me to just be scared of the virus, um, you shouldn't have like the only people that publicly get the virus are athletes in their 20s because all of them are well, yeah. asymptomatic and fine. Right. And so if all you pay attention to is these athletes getting getting. You think, oh my gosh. What, what's the big deal here, people? Right. Soto had no symptoms. He just got his normal test, and they yeah, said, oh, you're positive. Go home. The same with Puig. The same with all these guys. Yeah, exactly. Puig. I mean, Freeman's the only one that stands out as who had symptoms. No, and uh, we had for the Orioles, it was Santander and Dwight Smith Jr., and they both yeah. had it like before reporting to camp or whatever. Yeah, and Santander was like, yeah, I had a little bit of cough or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It like right. didn't really fit that set. Yeah, it doesn't really fit into the uh, narrative of wear a mask because you can die. <laughs> it, it falls yeah. way more in the narrative of, oh, this is being overblown by the media. Yeah. If you have to choose a side, because we've discussed before, there is no longer a gray area in society. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's happening to guys in their 20s and early 30s who are in the best shape of their lives, 
So that also might have something to do with it. But yeah. Right. Um, um, more on this roster. Who is the DH for this team this year? Um, who are the DHs? I, I mean, Renato Nunez, I think, is the guy just, I would guess. I guess that the makes most sense. DH spots. Right. Because I was just looking, and for as far as we've got like four outfielders, four or five outfielders, but we really only have a, a like our utility guys aren't really guys you want to see play every day at a position. Andrew Velasquez and Paul Velocchi. They're not guys yeah. that you want like in your infield. Yeah, it seems like around the diamond every day, I would expect to see Chris Davis at first, Alberto at second, Jose Iglesias at short, Rui Ruiz at third. Right. They might experiment with Renato Nunez at third, some too. Right. And, and then, then Renato Nunez at, as, at DH. And then your outfield, Austin Hayes is going to be your everyday center fielder. Yeah. And then the corner outfielder is going to be Anthony Santander. And then I guess, I mean, DJ Stewart is going to be, uh, going to, and Dwight Smith are going to be out there fighting. Right. You got Dwight Smith and Cedric Mullins out there too fighting. So you're going to see some rotations in that outfield. I don't know if they go lefty righty or how they figure it out. Well, that's the thing, right? Because, I mean, look at that outfield. D- Dwight Smith is left as a lefty. DJ Stewart is a lefty. Santander is a switch hitter. Right. Cedric Mullins is a switch hitter. So the only <laughs> one who's really a righty is Austin Hayes. Good point. And that's the guy that you're going to put in every day unless he's really slumping. Yeah, Austin. so I don't know. It's, it's going to be curious to see who plays. I mean, if, if, it's, if, if Santander is your everyday corner outfielder, right or left, are they going to go with Dwight Smith or DJ Stewart right. every day in that other spot or just kind of rotate them every day? Yeah, you're right. Or are they going to put Santander at some kind of DH spots or something uh, right. so you can see what you have in DJ Stewart and Dwight Smith? I mean, i got to be honest. Dwight Smith Jr. doesn't do much for me. He's good at the show, which is cool. <laughs> right, he's, he's good at video games, sure. Yeah. Um, it, uh, as a baseball player, it just he hasn't been that impressive to me. I, I agree. He's been just a guy. Nothing special. Yeah. So you mentioned the two guys that need big years for the future of their careers. But I think when I look at this roster, the guy that stands out as like it's his chance to shine is Austin Hayes. Like this is this, his year to become the face of the organization. Yes. Right? If, yeah, if you were looking at just the 30-man right now, who, who's actually on the team? Um, Austin Hayes, to me, is the best baseball player on the team. And is the, that crazy and, to say? And, I think that's true. Austin Hayes, to me, is the best player on the team right now. John Means is on the IL. Hunter Harvey's on the IL. So take them out of the picture. And position players, that's usually the face of the position player. Austin Hayes is the best guy on the team right now. I think that's true. Santander, maybe, but I think it's Austin Hayes. Austin Hayes, maybe, if you told me to write out the roster for the 2023 Orioles, who on this team is still here playing in 2023, Austin Hayes might be the only guy I write in. Him and John Means. I guess. Yeah, I mean, the bullpen is a whole another whole kind of mess. Like Co- Co- Cody Carroll, um, Tanner Scott, yeah, Hunter Harvey. There's a those hard thrown guys could all be parts of this. Yeah, but I don't um, know. Yeah. Yeah, but they're all wild cards. I guess. Yeah, Hunter Harvey. If he gets comes back off the DL, I see him as the future closer. So yeah, yeah I, I think Tanner Scott's gonna be awesome too. I, I'm a huge Tanner Scott guy. He's got, um, he's got the uh, power. He's just got to get that control, and then it could be very interesting. I'd, the Orioles with Tanner Scott and Hunter Harvey on the back end of the bullpen, that's got the potential to be like the, the Yankees back end of the bullpen to really shorten games up. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And there's other interesting arms in there, like Cody Carroll and Miguel Castro, if he can never figure it out, and Evan Phillips. Um, but, but yeah, I think you're right, especially position player-wise. Um, I think Austin Hayes, Santander, I think is also a guy likely, but I think Austin Hayes is, if you were to say there's one guy who really for confidence is going to be in the 2023 team, it's Austin Hayes. Then Santander, then maybe... I don't know, Nunez maybe, Ruiz maybe, but yeah. I don't know. Alberto maybe, I don't know. But yeah, Austin Hayes is the guy. He's the man. Yep. Um, all right, 16 game, 16 teams in the playoffs. So that's eight American League teams. Have you looked into how they do this? Have they even announced yet how they're going to do it? Like are the first four teams single game wild cards? Is it all two game, three game series? Have, you, have they even announced this stuff yet? It was so last minute. And so weird because it seemed like it made sense for the players and the owners, maybe not for the fans, but for players and owners, it made sense to expand the 16. So it was very odd that they waited until the night before uh, the season starts to start talking about this. Yeah, I hate it with a passion. I mean, I, I love the idea of it's really hard to make the playoffs. And I understand like it's better for players, it's better for Owners, it's more money. It's I better. get all that, it's and that's better, why it's better yeah. for your general fan. Yeah, for the average fan. Like, I mean, we, yeah. As as guys who are not really NBA or NHL fans, we can get excited and get into those sports in the playoffs. But I see if you're a diehard fan of one of those sports, it seems like it's waters it down. At that point, waters down the regular season. Yeah, and you, you, I mean, you, 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 ne- you never see the league kind of constrict the playoffs. They're always expanding playoffs. Right, right. Um, which, which I get from their perspective, but from my perspective, like, right. I want to earn a playoff berth. Like, when the Orioles had a run where they made, made a playoff three years, like, that was awesome because it's so hard to make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, and so when you do it, it's like, it's a cause for celebration. Yep. I, I don't celebrate when the Wizards are the eighth seed in the in the in the NBA uh, Eastern Conference. They don't celebrate that. I know. Um, but it's really cool when the when the Orioles make the playoffs. And so I don't like the watering down. And then there's some nonsense about picking. You get to pick your opponent if you're a top seed. I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know. They're always trying to be uh, creative and come up with something. I don't know. I look at it as well in the NFL. We have we still get excited if you're a late entry because anything can happen. And I think I kind of feel good about it, the 16 for this season, because it's 60 games. It's weird. Try it out. Uh, it kind of assures that like a good team can't just have a bad week and have their season ruined with the 60 game. It helps in that regard. But I, my fear is that just like the DH, that it's this way for the future. And it's not just a oh, one season yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Like I've always, I've said from the beginning, I'm, I'm up with like bring on the weird. It's a shortened season. Bring on the weird. But the problem is, I just said it, Josh. They never constrict the playoffs. They right. only expand the playoffs. So you're telling me they're going to make a lot more money this year, and then say, no, we want we want to make less money next year, so we're going to have less teams in the playoffs. That's not going to happen. Right. When we were kids, there were four teams in the playoffs, and yeah. and now there's 16. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's something now. Granted, 16, I'm still going to say the Orioles don't have a shot at it. And I want to know what that does to the trade deadline. If suddenly there's 16 slots, that's going to put about 25 teams that think they have a shot to get in that slot. So then the only teams that are trading are going to be teams like us and the Tigers and stuff. So maybe that pushes up the trade value 
for our pitching staff that we don't want. Yeah, I don't. It's going to be weird, right? I don't know what's going to happen, or or maybe teams will think it's such a crapshoot with so many teams in the playoffs that I'm not going to give away prospects for this one kind of crapshoot yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's going to be really curious to see how how GMs react in a shortened season. And maybe, hopefully, this is something that Michael Elias can take advantage of. But it also might be something where teams aren't very active right. in the trade deadline yeah. because of the craziness. One more uh, surprise before we get into real deep Orioles prediction time. Uh, Mookie Betts, were you surprised by that 12-year deal from the Dodgers? Yes. It seems very odd, right? Kind of yes, out of the nowhere. Timing the, ti- the timing seems really odd, uh, especially when you think we were talking six weeks ago about how the Dodgers might have traded for Mookie Betts and he never play as a Dodger. And now he's yeah, like also, celebrating like that he'll get to finish his career as a Dodger. And 12 years is a long time. Yeah. Also, after the owners put up such a stink about money, and I've been hearing talk about next offseason, uh, there's going to be no money to spend on free agency ne- next offseason. Yeah, you blew that. And this guy signed the biggest contract in the history of baseball. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You blew whatever you were trying to control there because – you know uh, who's the next – I think it's George Springer's the next big outfielder that's, uh, that's available this okay. offseason. And I think, yeah, he's going to want this type of money too. So, yeah, good, good yeah. job, owners. But it, it makes me happy that he's not with the Yankees or the Red Sox. Yeah, it's nice. Or in the AAL at all. So I'm happy he's on the West Coast on, in the NL. That makes me happy. Yeah, I know. And I get it that – Mookie is one of the best players in baseball. So I can't fault him and this type of contract for him. But you like how you were saying, yeah, it's just a surprise with the time in, uh, especially with all the money arguing over the past three months. Yeah, it's, it's a bit odd, but good for him and good for him being. And I, I boss, there's some Boston fans who I think held out hope that the he would come back and sign with the Red Sox. So it oh, makes me happy that I love, their hopes were all crushed. I love Mookie sitting at the press conference talking about how it's a lifelong dream. He's always wanted to play in L.A. and to end his career here and this and that. And I'm like, players will say anything if you give them millions of dollars. Yeah, I was like, who is this talking? Mark Teixeira? <laughs> True. Right, right, right. All right, let's get at it. Time now for Bold Predictions. All right, where are we going to start with these predictions for the 2020 weird season? Um, I don't know. This is, this, I, I love doing these bold predictions, but it was, it's really hard this year. Even, even the numbers are hard this year. Um, yep. Like, because you have 60 games, so what does that mean for like the stats? Like, you're not going to say Chris Davis is going to hit 40 home runs. Like, no. So you're going to say Chris Davis is going to shock the world and hit 15 home runs. <laughs> like, what, what are you even and talking that, about? Exactly. And that's where I was at. So I went with, yeah. And I was trying to look that up. And I, if we want to talk Chris Davis home runs, I put down. I, thought, I knew Chris Davis would be somewhere in your bold prediction. So let's start there. He's not in mine. All right. Well, uh, all right. I'll go with my bold prediction that Chris Davis will hit over 250 for the season. And he is going to hit 12 home runs. And I think that's a, I haven't done the math or how all that works out, but I think that'd be a pretty big comeback season for him after the crap that he's done. Yeah. All right. My first full prediction then, that's a good full prediction. I knew it would be Chris Davis. Let's get that one out of the way. My 
first ball prediction is about um, the you went with the old home run king. I'm going with the new home run king, the guy who's going to lead the Orioles this year in dongs. I'm not putting a number on it because the math confuses me, but he's going to lead the team in home runs. Do you know who I'm going with? Um, you are going with uh, Ryan Mountcastle and his four. Absolutely. Ryan Mountcastle is going to lead the Orioles in home runs this year, even though he's not even on the 30-man roster at this point. <laughs> exactly. I'm very distracted now because the Nats-Yankees uh, game went to a rain delay, and they keep showing the sky and lightning, and all I really want to see is with social distancing, how many people does it take to get the tarp out? Like, does that uh, seem silly? Like, there's always, like, 50 guys pulling the tarp out, so I want to see, like, do they have all those guys, or is it two guys trying to, trying to roll the tarp and cover the field? I'm very curious. But they're not showing it. They went to a commercial instead. All right, you want another bold prediction? My, yes. my bold prediction oh, is that DJ Stewart is a complete flop and does not finish the season with the team. I feel like that's kind of a Zany Burt Rohde type prediction, but I'm not feeling it for TJ yeah. Stewart this year. And I think that when you've got Ryan Mountcastle coming up that can do a lot of what DJ Stewart does, he might be gone. Hmm. As in uh, sent packing to the Bowie practice field? Yeah, as in sent to the taxi squad, and then uh, who knows what will happen of him next year. So okay. I think I'm, I, my bold prediction is that your uh, pronouncement, that it's an important year for him, that he craps the bed. Okay. Well, I hope it doesn't because I'm, I'm a big DJ Stewart fan, friend of the show, DJ Stewart. Um, my, my, so if you want to talk about player movement, I'll go with my second prediction. This is player movement. Um, I think someone's going to be traded at the deadline. And it's not going to be Michael Gibbons. And it's not going to be Blar. Oz Cobb. Blar. It's well, not going to be Richard Blyer. Oh, that's my prediction. It's, he gets traded. All right, who are you my going with? Bold prediction. Nunez. Is it the trade deadline? Renato Nunez yeah, yeah, I will can, be traded. I can see that. I like that. To make room at the DH spot for Ryan Mountcastle. Okay. That's, I hate that prediction because I hate the idea of bringing up a rookie to be your DH. Like, it just feels wrong to me. Well, well, I mean, I mean of the future. Like, I think Ryan Mackhouse is going to get some play in left field, but I think of the future. I know. I, like, I, looking that's at what I mean. next I hate year, that. I hate the idea of a rookie is your DH of the future. I, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's annoying to me. I don't. Yeah, because like they're kind of supposed to be the old players that can't play the field anymore. Right, right. I want the uh, yeah, I want the David Ortiz, the Harold uh, Baines, Harold Baines going into there. Yeah, the JD Martinez. Yeah, I get you. Or I, or I like, I love the way. Uh, a lot of teams used, have used them in the past few years where there is no set DH, and that's a, kind of an off day, a refresh day. I love that spot for the DH. So I hate the yeah. idea of it's Ryan Mountcastle's the future DH of this team. Yeah, but I, I think even if it's not Ryan Mountcastle, either of you use it as a rotating uh, spot. I mean, I, I feel like we have too many Ryan Mountcastles, Trey Mancini's, like not great defensively kind of guys. And I feel like Nunez put up his big home run numbers, and if they can trade him, uh, I think they're going to kind of jump, jump, jump. But it's a bold prediction. I don't think it's, it's bold. That's bold. All right, here's, bold a bold, here's a bold prediction for you. 
Yeah, I got one more. You all go right. ahead. All right. I predict my bold prediction is that at one part of this season, the Orioles are going to get hot and they are going to win six games in a row. And mm, we're going to. At the 10th of their season. Yeah, it's the 10th of the season. I'm not saying they're going to do well the retire season, but they're going to get hot for a week and then win six games in a row, which is something I don't think the Orioles have done in a long, long time. Even when the Orioles were good, they never really won that many in a row. So I'm thinking they're going to win two series, two, three series, six games in a row, and we're going to be like, hey, maybe we can get excited about these birds, especially if it's early in the season. Well, and not to give away my win total for the season, but that would mean they're winning pretty much half the games in the entire season in one week. So that'd be pretty wild. Hey, I had to go bold. Yeah. Uh, my last bold prediction is I think it's going to be, I just, I, I talk about those, those starters in Malone, 33, Cobb, 32 with an injury history, LeBlanc, Wojciechowski, John Means talking dead arm. I think we're going to see, this is my bold prediction. We have 60 games. I think we're going to see 15 different starters in these 60 games. <laughs> 15 different starters in 16. All right. All right. So that would mean, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, do, you, do you know how many I starters? Know. I just looked at it. Do you know how many, how many guys we had start a baseball game for us last year? 20. It was for us 18. 18. Over 162. 18 guys. And you, you think, yeah. You think with 100 less games, we're going to still get close to that number. Yeah. I think there are going to be issues with pitch count injuries more than usual this year. So I think we're going to also try like just nonsense opener stuff since we have a bigger roster. So I could see a couple opener situations. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm going with 15 different starters over 60 games. All right. As my, as my last bullet prediction. As a tarp update, I did not see the guys roll out the tarp, but I see the tarp now on the field, and it is the worst laid tarp I have ever seen in Major League Baseball. It's so, hard to lay a tarp when you're socially distanced. So I'm guessing there were less people. There are air bubbles all throughout the tarp. And we'll see if it does any good keeping the field dry. Hmm. Um, all right. Well, let's get to – let's stick with the Orioles a little bit, and let's go with win totals. So, Matt, Orioles, big season. Adley Rushman can come up if they're making a run for the playoffs. Expanded playoffs this year. What do you have them at for your win total? Well, we're playing the AL East and the NL East, the two best divisions in baseball. Yeah, but no travel, um, no West Coast, no, no night games, no, no staying up to 10 o'clock. I mean, come on. It's sounding pretty good. Yeah, even our away Toronto games might be home games. Um, but the, the way I see it, when you look at the Ravens' schedule, remember we talked about this? Like, we conceive the Ravens going 16-0 against their opponents. Yes. I could conceive the Orioles going 0-60 based on their opponents. Um, I think they're going to luck into a few games. So I'm putting the win total at 15, 15 and 45 for our Orioles, bottom Orioles. All right. I'm a little more positive than you. I went through and circled uh, games I thought they could win, including that six-game stretch I'm excited about where they're going to win six games in a row. Yeah. And I am getting the Orioles up to a surprising total of 23 wins. Ooh, shocking the baseball world. Yeah, shocking the baseball world by – doing exactly about the same average as last year. Yeah, and I guess we, we, we should say that the Vegas odds put them at 20 wins. Right. Um, it's an interesting debate, I think, and we're running along with this podcast. It's okay. I don't care. It's an interesting debate whether the team is worse or better than this year. Like, like Do you think, Josh, we are a better team than we were last year, or are we worse than we were last year? No, I believe that last year was rock bottom. 
That last okay. year was this team doing the worst, and it's all uphill at least from here. It might be a slowly uphill this year, but it's uphill. I think last year was there was a whole lot of crap, and uh, that was rock bottom. Mm. Um, okay, so you, so uh, you think when um, Chris Davis took a swing at Brandon Hyde last year that that was the the low that was the rock bottom point? Uh, yeah, I'll have to think about it, but that. Um, I believe so. Yeah, I'll go. I'll do that. Yeah, I mean, I could argue. I think rather convincingly um, that we traded away Dylan Bundy um, this off season, which sounds like years ago, but it was just this off season. Um, we traded away Jonathan VR. Okay. We trade Mancini. Like our two best position players, Mancini and Villar, are both gone. Mancini okay. due to cancer. Yeah. Bilar due to being traded away. But all this stuff Dylan was, Bunny's gone. All this stuff was way before summer camp. So I don't count it as this year. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was it's different from last year's team. Um, so with that in mind, um, now we do have Alex Cobb coming back off injury. Um, we also have Austin Hayes here. We have Jose Iglesias, a much improvement over Richie Martin. A, a, um, Ryan Mathcast is gonna be here. A much improved Chris Davis. <laughs> yeah. If Chris Davis is much improved, that would certainly my 15 game win total assumes Chris Davis will be how he was last year. And, oh, and the yes. year before that. Oh, and the year before that. Yes. And my 23 believes in uh the inner the inner power of Chris Davis. Whatever yeah. that means. I think we're uh, I think we're about yeah, I mean, his, his outward power, right? That he's actually gotten a yeah. lot physically stronger think, for this year. I think the fact that he can't chew tobacco this year is going to help him to come back. Yeah. Um, but, but, but no, like, I think it's interesting to think, are we worse or better than this? I think next year, we will clearly be better than we have been the past two years. Yes. I think next year, you just look a full-year Ryan Mackhouse, a full-year a, a full Austin Hayes, Dean Kramer, um, Keegan Aiken, at some point, maybe uh, you get Adley Rushman. Um, like, I think you could, could look at down at next year and say, yeah, we're, we're going to be better next year. But this year, I think we're about the same that we were last year. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just going with, uh, I think we're a little bit worse with that without Dylan Bunny, Jeremy Mancini, and Jonathan VR. Um, so that's, why, that's how I get to that 15 number. Okay. Um, uh, Orioles, most valuable Oriole, MB, MBO. I am- Who you got, Josh? I, I think we might have the same guy here. Austin Hayes. That's who I got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Austin Hayes. Um, uh, what was our What was the nickname for Austin Hayes from last week? Oh, um, um, Glove Man. Glove Man. Yeah, yeah. Glove Man. Yeah. So Glove Man takes it this year and becomes the uh, face of the organization. All right. Um, what pitcher with the most wins? Alex Cobb. Because okay. I, I, I had John Means, but now with the whole arm fatigue, I'm very nervous to choose John Means. So I'm going with mm-hmm. Alex Cobb. Where are you at? Well, I, I shared before, I think we're going to have 15 different starting pitchers. Oh, yeah. So I'm going, I'm going a little bit different here. I think Richard Blyer is going to lead the team in wins. That, not, a bad, not a bad choice. That's, that's talking some late in and uh, comeback he'll games. Pitch in, I assume like he's one of the veteran bullpens guys, so I, he'll pitch in close games. So maybe he'll um, vulture a few wins out there. And by most wins by a pitcher, I'm talking like four. <laughs> four. Oh, five. yeah, yeah. It's a very low yeah. number. Yeah, I think Richard Blyer will win three. I think that's, right. that's, that's, the, that's three. the number. 
I mean, we're only going to win 15 games in my prediction, so I think three will, will be the most wins. Right. Um, I already shared, but you can share. I already shared Ryan Mountcastle. Who, 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 who do you think will lead the team in home runs? Oh, Crush. I, I believe Crush is back. Okay. Remember, I gave Crush, what did I give him, 13 home runs? 12, yeah. 13 home runs? That's going to definitely lead the team. I think, that, right. I think that projects to like 30 home runs in a regular season, 35 home runs, something like that. So, yeah. I mean, New, New, Nunez last year hit in the mid-30s, so I think he's going to be Yeah, he could be up there. But again, I'm going with Davis because uh, I need for myself for <laughs> Davis to come back to normal this All season. Right, so I'm going to stick with that. All right, so let's get into some nerd stats. We don't, hey, nerds, we love you. We don't forget about you. We know you watch baseball from your parents' basement, and we still care about you, even if you're obsessed with the nerd stats. So let's get a couple of nerd predictions. Um, I looked this up. Oh, I need to pull Woozle it back wuzzle? up. Yeah. Who do you think, Josh, will lead in Woozle this year for the Orioles? Well, what's our definition of Woozle Could you remind <laughs> the Bert, listener? Bert's not here to explain <laughs> what Woozle is. <laughs> okay. And I believe Woozle would the leader would be... Um, Anthony Santander. All right, fine. Who do you um, have for Woozle Wuzzle? <laughs> and Bert can have to come in here and determine it. I actually think it's going to be... Um, I actually think it's going to be Francisco. Actually, actually, I take that back. Woozle Wuzzle is definitely Hanser Alberto's section. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Hanser Alberto's already won right. Woozle Yeah, so I'll stick yeah, with him. Tough. All right, so you got some real nerd stats you want to go through? Yeah, and I'm trying to pull up now. Um, computer being slow. I'm trying to pull up Baseball Savant because they have a good list of this. Um, but doesn't matter. Our prediction for um, exit velocity, right? How hard the ball leaves the bat. Who do you think will have will come in first for for average exit velocity this year for the Orioles? I am going to give that. Uh... I'm going to give it to your boy, Ryan Mountcastle. Oh, I think it's a good pick. I like that pick. I think uh, he's got some power. Now, now, if the Orioles make some late move and bring Puig in after his quarantine, maybe I can move <laughs> it over. But I'm going to go with, as the roster is now, Ryan Mountcastle. You got someone else? Well, um, last year, if I can call in stats from, from last year, somewhat of a small sample size. But last year, in 75 plate appearances, the leader of exit velocity was Austin Hayes. So I'm going to go with Austin Hayes again. Um, I heard, like, even with his singles, like, his singles go, like, 100 miles per hour. Like, he doesn't hit the ball hard. Um, last year, also, Trey Mancini was second in, in, in exit velocity for the Orioles. Um, Renato Nunez was next. Santander was next. Um, and then Francisco and Chris Davis. Um, Ryan Mackhouse was not on the list because he wasn't with the Orioles last year. Um, so I'm going with Austin Hayes for X Velocity. All right. That works. And that would also, if he's the NBO, he's probably going to be hitting the ball really hard. All right. Sure. Um, um, last nerd stat, or no, two more nerd stats. Woba. Woba, which is like, I don't know. Wins, what, 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 uh, what wins above replacement. No, no, <laughs> no, no. If you, you want to do... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, wins above replacement. Uh, no, WOBA stands for weighted on base Weighted percentage. on base. There we go. Yeah, so it's like... Yeah. It's supposed to like the true bad and average that the, the nerds would say. 
like like um it's designed to measure how good of an offensive hitter that player really is. Right. Well, um, right. It's supposed to take the uh, shift out of out of the game and stuff. Yeah. So a lot of people compare like the woba, kind of what they should have had with their batting average, um, to to kind of see how good they are. But, right. But yeah. So it, this is essentially asking who do you think is going to have the best hitting performance? Um, who's going to be the, the the leader in woba this year? I am going to – I mean, it's it's hard when we've already talked about Austin Hayes as the MVO, so it's hard not to pick him. But I will – instead, I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with Inglacia. Okay. That's an interesting pick. I mean, if you look at, again, last year, um, Austin Hayes was first in his small sample size with Woba. Then it was Trey Mancini and Villar. Um, Trey Mancini actually had a 373 Woba, which is insane. Okay. Um, Villar was at 335. Where was Davis? Um, Davis? <laughs> yeah, where was Davis and his Woba? Yeah, you got to scroll way to the bottom. His Woba was 263. Okay. And it's actually, his is in, um, I'm looking at uh, baseballsavant.com. Yeah. And some of the stats are in purple. Like, only a couple stats are in purple, right? Okay. So Chris Davis's Woba, 263 is in purple. Like, oh, that's interesting. So let me scroll over the purple. Do you know what the purple says? Below average? Bottom 1% of the league. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and All so right. Chris Davis has a couple purple stats. All right. Purple Davis. All right. You got another nerd stat for us? Uh, yeah, one more. FIP, which stands for Field uh, and Fielding independent, pitching. independent Pitching. So it's kind of like, like ERA, but, but like for, 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 for get all the, all the fielders, um, like who actually pitched the, the, the best um, if there were perfect fielders and, and no one made mistakes yep. and everyone got to every ball they should have, like who, um, who put up the best fit? All right, I got mine. I'm going with Richard Blyer. Mm, shoot. Was we that your guy? Different. That was my guy too. I can, I can be different for the sake of being different. I can go with Tanner Scott or something. Right, but yeah, yeah, I think Richard Blyer. That's who I got. To Richard Blyer is my favorite guy in the bullpen. I loved the story of him working out in the Fight Club uh, quarantine edition down in uh, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, wherever it was, and him talking about how uh, Paul Goldschmidt, I believe it was, was telling him stuff that he's never heard before that he's been able to adapt. I loved when he he looked so good when he came in on Sunday and pitched in and in. So I'm all excited about uh, Richard Blower this year. Yeah, I'm excited too. He's kind of that that veteran guy that's been been around for a while, um, a bit and of kind of up and down the past couple of years. I think a lot of that is was due to injury, and it's one of those guys that kind of confounds other people. The fact that he's always able to get players out, um, but he was. I mean, if, if if you go back and look at his stats from like 2017, um, I mean, he was he was great with an ERA under two in 2018, an ERA under two. And then 2019 last year, I think because of injuries and stuff, and maybe overuse, I don't know. But the wheels kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. So I expect him to go back to the year before and have a really kind of a low ERA and um, and get the job done. So, yeah, so. Yep, that's where I'm at. And be that veteran leader in the bullpen with a lot of young, young hard-throwing guys. He's kind of a soft-tossing lefty veteran. Right, so, yeah, right. I'm with you there. All right, um, final predictions. What's your World Series matchup? Yeah, I'm, I think people are really sleeping on. It's not the Orioles. That's not my prediction. Get oh, out of man. here with that nonsense. I, Chris Davis I, is I, not Adley, back. Adley was packing his bags. 
Yeah. Um, no, no. So I'm going with the Nats again. I think people are sleeping on the Nats. I know they lost Anthony Rondon, but they still have that same um, the same starters coming back, which led them there. Um, I'm a little concerned about the Juan Soto news. I wrote my predictions before Juan Soto. That has me a little concerned. Um, and for the American League, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they always kind of get close enough, but then something happens. I think it's a 60-game season. They're going to be able to get over the hump, and I'm not going to pick the Yankees. Yeah. So I'm going with the Tampa Bay Rays and the Washington Nationals. Uh, yeah. All right. You can stick with the Nats. I totally disagree but on your predictions, but on similar ways. Um, I saw you know, a uh, friend of mine, Chad Dukes, that does the radio in D.C., I saw today yes. he received his Nationals World Series ring with his name in it as if he was a member of the team as a gift from the Nationals. And I don't think I've ever been jealous for something as much as receiving a World Series ring for covering the team. What did Chad Dukes do to cover the team? Like, What did he have to do to get that ring? He had to talk about sports on the radio every day. Okay. You know, like basically I saw that and I was like, hey, Orioles – one day when we need uh, get the World Series, I need you to send me a ring. I mean, I know I'm not on. Are you the... aware of Josh's three to six dailies? Exactly, exactly. I have <laughs> Matt. We have three years that we have to get the attention of the Orioles so that we can get a ring sent to us that has our name in the, yeah. in the diamonds. Because I am extremely jealous. But my World Series predictions, same thought process of I wanted to pick teams that were on the uh, were on the come up. And also have gotten close before, and I needed something like a weird season to get them over the hump. So I don't think it's going to be the Yankees, the Dodgers, because those teams that everyone says are the best teams, something always goes wrong, and they don't make it. So yeah, I, and it's going to be a weird year because it's twenty. Right. Twenty. Right. So I think this is the year that the Atlanta Braves finally get in there and make it because they get to beat up on teams like us this well, year. I like that. And then I am going with the Minnesota, yeah, good pick. Minnesota Twins as the American League team. Another good pick. And, and a fun World Series because is it's Scope teams still with that the Twins? Where is Jonathan Scope nowadays? I, I believe he's with the Twins. I got to reacquaint myself to where all these players are because offseason was like 10 years ago. Do you know where Scope is? I just looked it up. He's actually with the Tigers. He okay. was with the Twins last year. I don't know. I know yeah. Joey Rickards with the Giants because I saw that today when I was playing Fandle. I didn't realize that. Um. Joey Rickard is with the Giants? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. Is he, He's sharing time with Mike Yastrzemski out there? I guess so. Yeah, they're both out there. Um, I, and you know what? When the uh, Braves finally go to the World Series this year and win the World Series, I'm going to feel really bad for Nick Markakis. As he is sitting at home. <laughs> that would suck for him. That would suck for him really bad. So, All right. Yeah. You ready to get out of here as it is pouring in D.C.? Yeah, and we've gone over an hour. We're overtime here. Yeah. Overtime bonus content for our sportcasters. Yeah. We should remind people. There was no locker room tonight, was there? No locker room tonight, no. We, uh, today, yesterday's show that didn't air was a test on locker room. And tonight's show that I assume you will be listening to is a test on sportscaster which is a video live stream stuff. So if we want to do more live stream stuff, we might be going in one of these directions. So let us know if you want to join us live with either video or uh, audio and what your preference is with all of that. So we know uh, 
kind of what you guys want and expect out of Section 336 this summer, now that baseball season's here. Let me ask you a question now that we're done. Yeah. This sportscaster, is this, is this like live video? Can, can, can they see the video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can see you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. would have put on some Oreos gear. Well, you I would have done face. I would have put on makeup. I would have. I would have gone the makeup room. And See, I was put on some makeup. I was just laughing at the fact that you got a haircut sitting so out, and we both are wearing glasses, so we kind of look very similar now on Sportscaster with the mm. with the side by side. I know. Profile. I would have grown back my hair if I knew we were going live. We got the same hair. It's too hot to have that long hair. I had to shave it all off. I know. I that's why yeah. I don't have a beard or anything down here. It's too hot down here, so. But uh, yeah, so yeah. this was a video. Locker room is audio only. So let us know what you guys want this summer. I'm, I'm pumped, Josh. I am so excited. I was playing the, the, the show today for the oh, first time in like a month. I started playing this um, week too. I'm pumped for opening day. I'm pumped for opening day, man. I'm pumped for tomorrow. Any I'm chance, excited. All right. Any chance they open Camden Yards up to fans before the end of the season? What do you think? Man. I've got, I, you know, if you asked me two weeks ago, I, I would say, yes, they are. But now I feel like people are, it's just weird. It's weird. So I think they could do it safely, but I don't think they are. I know. And I think they're going to be overly precautious. That's where I hope sports coming back kind of helps with that move. Because I still have a Southwest credit from opening day back in end of March to come home. And I am saving vacation time and everything during all this so that as soon as they let fans back in Camden Yards, I can fly up there and we can go to the game. So I just need the Orioles to open it up, or at least open up Section 336 and let us to go sit up there, and that'll be fine with me. You don't need to open it up to the public, just open it up to us. Yeah, I guess you're, you're too late in booking your room at the Hilton. Heard that thing float up pretty fast. Yeah, and probably by scalpers that would probably try to resell it if I know how baseball uh, tickets work. Yeah, but I think if they don't open the games to, to fans now, it's like school. They've, they've done virtual for all the schools, and they're like, we're going to reevaluate in October. It's like, guys, if you don't open up schools in August, there's no way you're going to open them up in October. And that's yeah. what I feel like well, with, with, um, with, with the games, too. If you don't open it to fans now in the summer, come the fall when it gets colder, people say like, the coronavirus make it worse. Like, they're not going to do it. Schools will open Numbers up. will just get bigger. Schools will open up in November. You think so? Yeah, like November 10th. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like no, no, November 4th to be exact, <laughs> was, right? So, yeah, yeah, November 4th. So I was talking to, uh, I was talking to someone this weekend, and, you know, Florida's, Florida's all blown up, and it's all over the news, and, you know, Florida is, like, the worst place on earth right now, according to the news. Yeah, and, except for, and Josh is searching all social media sites as Florida's kind of one waving the flag of Florida defending florida wherever he goes so That's i was josh i was yeah. talking I was, like he's a native of florida like he's lived there for 10 generations I was, I was talking with someone in florida that i trust and a friend that um and he goes says he was making a comment to me on sunday and he said you know my father-in-law works for the florida department of health down in miami and he's in charge of overseeing all the coronavirus tests and i said oh that's really interesting and he said he said yeah what's weird and what he told me is weird is that they're down there doing all this testing and they've already been told that, that November 10th will be their last day of testing and we won't be, need to do any more testing after November 10th. I'm just like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see what you're saying. Because the coronavirus will be gone by then because right, 
Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I just thought that was funny. It's That's like, good timing for the coronavirus right, to end. Right. I'm sure it has nothing to do about a six-month contract or something and how government works. I'm sure it's just, oh, yeah, it's going to end November 4th. So that'll give you a week to if pack the, up. If the whole coronavirus was just one big political stunt by the Democrats, that would be, I would become a Democrat for life. This would be the greatest political stunt in the history of the universe. Like, that would be so impressive. <laughs> if it disappeared or like, yeah. Or, yeah, like the, <laughs> November 4th. If Joe Biden's elected, then all of a sudden you wake up and Joe Biden's president and he's like, it's done. <laughs> coronavirus is over. Right, right. We survived. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be it would be brilliant. Right, I would be Democrat. That's when you pull out the mission accomplished banner. Yeah, <laughs> right, it's all it, whatever it takes to defeat Trump, right? Whatever it takes to defeat Trump. If you got right. this, if, kill, if to come up with coronavirus, people, defeat Trump, whatever it takes. Right. All right, to let's, defeat Trump. Let's yeah. get out of here. We got to wrap up. You should edit out this last thirty minutes of conversation. My bad. I mentioned the schools and got to start on that. Um, thanks for listening. Check us out. Uh, you can follow us all season long. It's the start of the season. You're all 60 games long for us tweeting about games. You can follow us on Twitter. Also, look for our, you know, join us here on Sportscaster and whatever else beta thing Josh finds next. Yeah, follow on You can Twitter. follow Josh on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter for all that info about which direction we're going and what we're testing out. As uh, it's a season that Major League Baseball is testing things, and so is Section 336. Yeah, well, we're the next generation of Bottom of Sports Talk. We're on the cutting edge. And just wait for two weeks for everybody else, all other Bottom of Sports podcasts, to do what we're doing now, because that's going to happen, too. <laughs> Been there, done okay, that. So be ready for that. Yeah, don't yeah. worry, guys. We're talking about the players that will be around in 2023. Section 336 will still be around in 2023. Absolutely. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Section336Show. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost a stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. 
Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.